you're ready to take your leadership to the next level, you're in the right place. This is the Think on Purpose podcast, and I'm your host, Jen Fry. Let's dive in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Today, we're talking about a topic that was for sure prevalent in 2020, 21, 22, and now we're seeing it still continuing in 2023, and that's the idea of burnout. I think most leaders are aware of the impact that burnout can have on their teams, but I wonder if they recognize the impact that it's having on them and when as leaders we are impacted on team uh, when we are impacted by burnout how that then has a trickle down effect and we actually contribute to the burnout of our teams because of what we're experiencing think of it this way if i can't manage my own feelings if i can't manage my own burnout then how can my team trust me to handle theirs How can my team trust me to be a safe person to go to when they have their own burnout, when they have family situations coming up or difficult difficult situations at work? It becomes extremely problematic when the leader is not leading themselves. So first, let's talk a little bit about burnout. Probably a lot of people know this, but when we think about burnout, it's that mental and physical exhaustion caused by stress. And it's tricky because sometimes the symptoms can actually mirror those of other diagnoses like depression. And so then folks go and get treated for that thing, but the burnout still persists. So they might see a little bit of relief, but the underlying cause has not been treated. Another way to think of burnout is that it's the inability to take care of ourselves, not being honest about our own needs and working too hard for too long without stopping, without taking care of ourselves. And I think that last one might be a little bit hard to swallow because it's implying that there is some self-responsibility here, that we have a part to play in it. And I am not diminishing understaffing or rude customers or high-pressure environments. And we still have to be able to navigate those situations while taking care of ourselves. The impact of burnout can be huge, not only on the individual, but also on the teams. So here's a couple of things that I've seen happen in teams and that I've coached people on. Number one is the person who is experiencing burnout enters this cycle where they think if they just work a little bit harder or work a little bit more, then things will get a little bit better. But the problem is, again, they're not going, they're not taking that time for themselves. So they end up in this cycle of overworking, which ironically can actually lead to underperforming because they're tired, they're out of gas, they're out of fuel. So it can lead to then it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm telling myself I need to do more. I'm not doing enough. And then I do more, but I'm tired. So I underperform. And that reinforces. I haven't done enough. I need to do more. Another impact of burnout can be this avoidance of other people or hiding from people or an overall irritability, feeling like I'm not enjoying the people I'm around, feeling like whether I'm at work or whether I'm at home, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. It's that that high vibe irritation, aggravation, 
like I just can't get it right no matter where I am. And this significantly decreases the pleasure of our lives. It's not very fun to be in a place where everyone around you is annoying the crap out of you. I know I have had the thought like, I'm actually annoying myself right now because I'm so irritable. I'm so crabby. If you've ever caught yourself thinking that, it could be a sign of burnout. And then again, that that self-care issue also comes up as an impact of burnout. We're too tired. We're too overwhelmed. We're too stressed. So when our body is in that condition, we crave sweets. We crave carbs. We crave things to give us comfort because our body isn't getting it. We aren't in a practice of self-soothing. We aren't in a practice of taking care of our nervous system. We aren't in a practice of taking good care of our brains. And so the body has to find it somewhere else. So now we have overworking, but underperforming and reminding ourselves how terrible we are because we're not doing what we should be doing in order to get the job done, in order to feel better. So we actually feel worse. We're so crabby that we are annoyed by everyone around us. We're irritable. We disconnect. We don't want to be with other people. And we might even be thinking, I'm actually annoying myself at this point. And then we're not doing the things that make us feel better, like eating well, moving our bodies, taking care of our brains, doing the journaling, thinking on purpose. So we have poor self-care, which again, just continues to facilitate being tired, being overwhelmed, being stressed. So the problem with burnout is that burnout actually breeds more burnout. It's kind of like an oxymoron. You don't actually burn out. You actually like burn up. You you burn in. The burnout actually grows because of what we're thinking, because of how we're treating ourselves, because of the experience that we're creating in having the burnout. So when this happens, really great managers, of course, want to try to solve the problem for their employees. They want to help their employees not feel burned out. But we have a burned out manager trying to help burned out employees. And there's not a lot of creative thinking happening when we're in that state. So some super common things that I see, let's feed the people, pizza parties, after work, those kinds of things, days off. The problem with a day off is that your good, solid, strong, heart-centered folks are like, I could take a day off, but if I do that, I'm probably just going to do like housekeeping and stuff at home that I don't actually want to do anyway because I'm so far behind at home. But they also could be thinking, yeah, if I take a day off, that's going to screw someone else over and that's not fair to them, so I'll just do it a jeans day or like casual day. I mean, I guess it might be helpful if you haven't done your laundry, but not a huge impact there. I also see great managers who want to jump in like, oh, I'll help you with your shift or I'll help with this patient or I'll help with this assignment. I'll help with this task. And what's so interesting about this one is, again, it's so well-intended, but some of your people might be thinking, Oh, well, I guess they don't think, I guess my manager doesn't trust me. And so she has to jump in. I guess my manager thinks that I can't handle this. So she has to jump in. So the employee who's burned out, believing they're not doing enough, and now the manager, very well intended, jumps in and helps. And the employee's like, great, I screwed it up again. 
Now the manager doesn't feel great. The employee doesn't feel great. And we're both still in burnout. There is no one size fits all strategy. No matter what the manager tries to do for her people, some things will work for some people and not everything will work for everyone. So I think we have to acknowledge that even the best managers, their actions can be misinterpreted. Their well and well-intended offers can be misheard, can be more evidence to the person who is in burnout. So if you know that, that might be something you can think about. Like, hey, I just want you to know, I know you can totally handle this. And I'd like to participate today. So keep that in your mind that that well-intended offer to help may actually backfire. Now, when the manager is so busy taking care of their people and taking care of others, especially in our helper fields, they often forget to check on themselves. And your employees see this. And of course, a lot of them like you. They think you're a great leader and they don't want to add to your stress. So it is unlikely that many of them will come forward and ask for help because they see you in burnout. They see you overextended. They see you stressed out. They think that when you jump in, it's a sign that, shit, things must be really bad. My boss jumped in. My boss is here. And they might be feeling some resentment because they want to take time off, but they don't really want to do anything because they're so tired. And they don't want to leave their coworkers, their friends, or you in a bad spot. So here's where I think we can make a huge change in the culture of burnout. And that is having managers focus on taking care of themselves. And I know you're going to feel some resistance to this, especially our helpers our folks who are heart-centered, our folks in the not-for-profits, our folks in healthcare. I get it. And when we actually take the time to take care of ourselves, I promise it is helpful for your team and for your people. Number one, you become a role model. You become a person who takes care of herself. And so your team sees that it's possible. Now, I'm not saying that you should like leave at noon and go get a manicure. I'm not saying that you need to engage in what we consider maybe like traditional self-care practices. But you can do little tweaks, little quarter turns of the dial because this is not a light switch. This is not a flip of the switch and everything's amazing. This is gentle turns, small shifts, small changes. Your team knows when you're stressed. I know 100% my teams always did. So if we can lower our own stress levels, if we can start to manage our own emotions and manage ourselves, it will absolutely have a trickle-down effect on your team. So one way to do this is really focusing on the goods on the good. And I, I think we're we're not great at that as leaders. And part of that makes sense because we're trained to find the problem, zero in on the problem, and solve the problem. But our people, they really want to do a good job and they want to know that they're on the right track, especially if they're in burnout, especially if they're thinking it's never enough. And those thoughts are self-imposed. They're very likely not even coming from you, but we can help them shift their thoughts. We can help their brain see another perspective by simply showing them the good. 
And I'm not talking about like a Pollyanna, everything is sunshine and roses. No, that will destroy your credibility. That is not what I'm talking about. I am talking about noticing how your people are making a difference. Where are they contributing good? Where are they adding value? Where are they showing up in love for your clients, your patients, your the coworkers, your peers? What can you point out specifically to these folks that they know you're seeing the good? And you will be surprised. It is very likely to catch them off guard because they aren't seeing it. And that is part of the problem of burnout. It's that self-fulfilling prophecy. What are the things that are going right? The second thing you can do as a leader is be honest about the amount of work that you are expecting them to get done. If you know that everything cannot get done in one shift, does your team know that you know? Because it is a terrible feeling to walk away from work feeling like, oh, I didn't finish. I didn't get it done. This sucks. Feels terrible. So does your team know the most important, the most critical tasks? Do they know that you know it's going to be very difficult, if not impossible, to get them all done? Does your team know that you see them? Next is to listen. And again, I think as leaders, we think we're doing it, but whatever amount of listening you're doing, you should probably do it like three to 10 times more than you are. And it looks like asking, just asking questions. What tool do you need to be able to do your job better? What's missing from your day? What did you enjoy today? Is there anything that is there anything that you're missing? Is there a skill set that you'd like to learn? But really getting curious and getting to know our people in a way that's a little bit more than how's your day going? The difference is shifting into being intentional with our teams. What exactly are you struggling with and what solution do you think would help? You would be amazed by how smart your people are, especially your people at the front line who are the ones interacting with your clients, interacting with your patients every day. They know an insane amount. They know so much. And then the last one, it's similar to listen, but it's ask. Ask those questions. Listen for the answers. Listen for what the what your team members are telling you, but ask. And the, the one that I come back to is, I thought it was a great idea at my last job to do a monthly birthday potluck. I thought everyone really liked it. But finally, after like, gosh, six months of doing it, one of the team members came up to me and said, honestly, I really hate the potluck. And then a few other people were like, I don't like it either. And I asked why. And they said, because it was so much pressure to remember to like bring a treat, bring it to work. And they just, they weren't thinking about that. And the day was sort of inconsistent. Um, Even if it was consistent, they said that wouldn't really help. It just, it wasn't something fun. I'm like, well, that is good to know because that is not an employee appreciation activity that is getting the result that that I had intended. So stop doing potlucks if your team hates potlucks. But in order to understand what they want, we, we have to listen and we have to ask those questions. You have hired smart people and they know that these are not quickly solvable problems. They know this isn't the flip of a switch. They know that. But if we can 
increase our communication, if we can be honest, if we can help their brains to see all the good that is happening, it can make a difference. But that requires that you as the leader, that you do those things for yourself first, that you manage your brain and you find the positive, not just walking around looking for the problems. It means that you as a leader, listen to what do I need? What do I need for myself in order to lead better? Do I need 15 minutes of time to think? Do I need to close my door at the end of the week and make a plan for the next week? Do I need to decide one specific task that I will get done every day and then be realistic that that is probably what I will be able to complete? And then everything else is working with my team, spending time with my team, being on the floor, being frontline. It also means listening to myself, listening to my body and understanding that leading by example and reducing my own stress, reducing my own burnout will 100% change the dynamic of the team. Because as the team sees that I have things under control, I now become approachable. They don't have to be afraid that they'll be the one to like tip things over the edge. They don't have to be afraid that I can't handle anymore. And please do not tell your team that. Please do not tell your team you cannot handle anymore because we need to figure out how you can, how you can be present, how you can help your teams through these difficult times, particularly when staffing is an issue for a lot of industries. And of course, I absolutely recommend as leaders getting coached. Now your team can get coached too. If that looks like a workshop, if that looks like a a small group training. There are tons of coaches who will come to your work site or do it on Zoom or different ways that you can offer some support to your team so that they have these skills. And the more you practice for yourself, your team will start to wonder, what's different about you? And you can teach some of these skills. You can teach them how to start thinking on purpose, how to look through a different lens, how to recognize when there's a potential for spiraling into burnout, spiraling into these self-fulfilling prophecies. And if you need that extra help, get a coach. There's group programs, there's one-on-one coaching. It is so worth your time to get that support. And in the entrepreneurial community, it's like not even a second thought. But for some reason in leadership, we second guess we second guess getting that outside support. And I think it's something to question. So when it comes to burnout, consider instead of the old strategies, instead of trying to just kind of gloss over, temporarily make people feel better, which quite often does not work, I want to encourage managers to start taking care of themselves. I want to encourage leaders to start noticing what do they need listening to yourself, asking yourself those questions, understanding that when you take care of yourself as a leader, your employees see this and they will respond. Keep taking care of you. I promise it is helpful. Mind your mind and you will start to see those those positive results. Thanks everyone. I'll see you next time. Hey, don't forget to like and follow me on Instagram at jen.fry.coaching. 
where we share more tips, more personal stories, and continue our journey to think on purpose. And if you liked today's episode, click those three dots and share it with a friend.